you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey everyone, before we get into the episode today, we wanted to let you know about a very special opportunity. That's right, we are hiring here at the Command Zone. If you love magic, if you love Commander, if you've ever dreamed of taking your love of those things and turning them into a career, this is your chance. We are currently hiring for the position of Junior Video Editor, which is a entry-level position. Mm -hmm. It requires no experience. It only requires that you're a fast learner, a hard worker, and you love Magic and Commander. If that's you, we would love for you to apply. Go down in the show notes. There will be a job posting there. Just click, upload your cover letter and your resume. One thing I want to say is that you will be, it's not a remote position. You have to be able to come into the office here in Los Angeles, but that doesn't mean you have to live here now. If you get the job, you just have to be willing to relocate. Yeah, working at the Command Zone has been one of my great joys in life. Everyone here is fantastic, and um, it's really just an incredible opportunity. Again, entry-level position. Don't feel intimidated. If you think this is something you can qualify for, go ahead, check out that link, submit your stuff, and let us know why you should be working here. Yeah, you don't have to have any experience at all. So just go ahead and apply if you think that it sounds fun to work here and that you love the command zone. All right. Have fun, everyone. Can't wait to see those cover letters. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. What's up, everybody? You are watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm one of your host today, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. It's time to do some more budget pre-con upgrade guides. These are actually some of my favorite videos to do, Josh. Yeah, some of our most popular, especially with new players. If you've picked up or are picking up any of the pre-con commander decks from Dominaria United, we're going to do what we always do. We're going to take this Legend Legends Legacy, is that what mm -hmm. it's called? Yeah. Legends Legacy deck and uh, give you some advice on how to quickly tune it up by adding only 10 cards, removing 10 cards for $30 or less, and that will get you up to speed and able to, you know, do battle with quote-unquote real decks ASAP. <laughs> yeah, and look, these upgrade guides are super helpful because the pre-cons are in great shape these days, and we're always so excited to play with them, and I'm sure you are too. And if you want to pick up one of these pre-cons for yourself, well, head on over to channelfireball.com slash command. They have a marketplace there that is the best place to buy sealed products online because you're shopping from local game stores around the country. That means they are a part of the Wizards Play Network. They have access to those distributor channels, and they're going to get you great rates both on the sealed product and the singles you're going to need to upgrade this deck or any of the decks that you have in your collection. So just add promo code command at checkout or go to channelfireball.com slash command to check out their store and just begin shopping perusing their wares and see what interests you yeah all that dominaria united stuff is available right now for pre-order you want the commander pre-cons the draft boosters the set boosters the collector boosters oh yeah channelfireball.com slash command and then once you get those cards you want to protect them and ultra pro is the game accessories company that jimmy and i trust our own collections to you really want to keep all of your game pieces your cards in pristine condition ultra oh, yeah. pro makes the best products to protect all of your game pieces they have great sleeves 
deck boxes, play mats. They also have other things not only to protect your cards, but things like dice. The Eclipse dice, I really, really like. We love them for gameplay because they're very clear. Yeah. Uh, they have wall scrolls that can adorn your game room. Ultra Pro has all kinds of stuff. If you go to shop.ultrapro.com slash command, they also now have an online store you can buy from them directly. This is fairly new, and one of the great things is they have a lot of discounts on that website. Yeah, discounts are great, especially for budget-friendly Magic players. And we're doing a budget pre-con upgrade, guys, so why not get us deal? You might as well get budget sleeves <laughs> and a budget deck box <laughs> yeah, while you're exactly. at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and brag to everyone how you just beat them with your $60-ish deck, right? Yep. <laughs> and then, of course, the final way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. All kinds of perks for our patrons. We got a Discord. We hang out in all the time. Jimmy and I are always chatting, yep. answering questions from the patrons. Uh, you get access to game nights and extra turns earlier than the general public and ad-free versions of both of those shows um, so that you get to watch them before anybody else. We have all kinds of other perks on there. We play spell table games with our patrons as well. Mm -hmm. At certain tiers. And I'm actually going to play them later today. So don't miss out on your opportunity to jam games of Magic in with Josh and myself if you can't make it to a convention or something. This is the perfect way to do that. Check out all the info at patreon.com slash command zone. And we shout out one lucky patron every episode. So this week's episode or this episode is dedicated to Sean Brown. Sean, you rock. Thanks for the support. Yeah, absolutely. All, All right, right, let's get into it, Jimmy. The Legends Legacy Precon Budget Upgrade Guide. Same as always, we're going to add 10 cards. We're going to remove 10 cards for $30 or less. You were the driver on this episode, Jimmy, working right. hard last night coming up <laughs> with the list. This um, was a fairly easy one to do. I've actually built Legends Matters decks in the past. Right. If you remember, uh, I had the uh, that one Abzon one way back in the day that I mind-slavered you a bunch of times. Uh, we're also going to leave the mana base as is because that's not as interesting. I was like trying to remember and I was like, wait, no, I don't want to remember that. Yeah, it was Kethis. That's <laughs> it. Kethis the hidden hand. No, no. Um, I don't want to think about it. But we're in different colors today. We are in Mardu. That's red, white, and black. So let's at first talk about the two Two new commanders uh, that can be the lead singer of this deck. The first up is the one on, in front of the box. It is Dihada, Binder of Wills. And real quick, before you say what it does, I want to spoil the fact that on the next episode of Game Nights, for ah, yes. Dominaria United... One of the players is playing Dahada. It's Rachel Weeks. Woo-hoo! I guess I can spoil the player as well. Rachel's a great deck brewer, and the deck that she built is really awesome. Yeah, so. she built a deck from scratch, so she didn't use the pre-con as a base yep. like we're doing here. So it's going to be obviously different. But anyway, she's playing Dahada. All right, what's Dahada do, Jimmy? All right, Dahada is pretty hot. Uh, a lot of spiciness here. One red, white, and a black for a five loyalty planeswalker. Three abilities, plus two... Up to one target legendary creature gains Vigilance, Lifelink, and Indestructible until your next turn. Minus three, reveal the top four cards of your library. Put any number of legendary cards from among them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Create a treasure token for each card put into your graveyard this way. And minus 11, gain control of all non-land permanents until end of turn. Untap them, they gain haste until end of turn. And of course, the text, Dihada, Binder of Wills, can be your commander. Okay, there's okay. a lot of text here. <laughs> Let's start with the ultimate because it's not worth talking about for very long, just since ultimates rarely happen, but it is extraordinarily powerful. It's an insurrection, but for all non-land permanents. Yeah, so you should win the game on the spot if you ever get here. Dihada starts at five. She needs to plus two, seven, nine, eleven, and yep. then ultimate. So it's going to be hard. Um, but non-land permanents, you're going to get mana rocks, yep. and they're, they're going to get untapped. So you'll not only be able to cast stuff out of your hand after you steal everything, but you're going to be able to attack with it too. You and should win because your Dihada has gotten to... Uh, 11 loyalty and nobody's been able to attack it so <laughs> yeah. you're probably in a pretty good spot but what if they have nothing on the board you know then you're still that's <laughs> true but then you're still gonna win right because yeah, they have nothing yeah. on the board and you're you have planeswalker at ultimate yep 
Um, the plus ability, one thing, you know, having played against a Dahada deck a few times now, yeah. uh, it wasn't clear to me when I read the card the first time that it was until your next turn. So giving Vigilance, Lifelink, and Indestructible is pretty big game. Yeah. Because what happens is you give one of your creatures that, you attack with it, you gain the life, you know, they can't block or they can't block, it doesn't matter. And then you're sitting there with this blocker that's got Lifelink and Indestructible because it had Vigilance. Yeah. So it really does protect Dahada pretty well. If you do that on a flyer, it's like, okay, well, how do I get through that? Because it's got an indestructible. And rarely do you have, like, two creatures flying that can get around an indestructible threat. Not just that, she goes up to seven. Yeah. So that's a pretty good protection. Yeah, you got to get through with something big. Yeah. Even if it's not big, you have to send multiple things at Dihada. And, again, she's coming out turn four, presumably at the latest. So you have three turns of it playing. Has to be a legendary creature, but obviously the whole deck is going to be filled with those. Yeah, if you build the deck, all your creatures are legendary, or, like, 90% of them probably are, just yeah. so that, yeah, you have the best chance for her first two abilities. Um, mm -hmm. And the second ability, again, I think not clear to me when I read it the first oh, this, time. This is actually very powerful, I think. Yeah, and the fact that you don't have to take the legendary stuff and put it into your hand. It says put any number. So if you want the mana, you can just choose to put the legendary cards even that you find there into the graveyard to make the treasures instead. Yeah, so minus three make four treasures. Dihada pays for herself the turn that comes out, should you want to. But even minus three take one legendary card, by the way, it can be a legendary land, a legendary yep. sorcery, instant, all the cards that say legendary as a subtype, and then you're getting three treasures. So you can still probably cast something else that turn, like I a mean, blocker. It can be four mana for a two loyalty planeswalker, draw you a card, and give you three mana back as treasure. Yeah, not even have to use it this That's turn. That's an incredible card on its own, right? Yeah, just by itself. That <laughs> yeah. feels like Jessica's will, almost. <laughs> just, yeah, so the card is very powerful. Yeah, it's very, very good, I think. There's a lot of, obviously, play to it. Uh, you're in Mardu, so you have some restrictions, but legendary creatures, legendary permanents, there's a lot out there. Um, that I think in any color these days, if you wanted to make a legendary deck, you can theme, do yeah. it. There's enough legendary stuff now. Yeah, especially in a set like Dominaria, which is going to have a bunch of new stuff as well. And just in the past, we've been to a couple other planes that added a bunch of legendary cards. And they're just concentrating on Commander so much these days that yeah. there's just so many legendary cre creatures created in the last like three or four years that every color's got a ton of them. Yeah, so Dihad is great. Plus two, makes a great blocker. Minus three, gets you mana back and draws you cards. And minus 11 is win the game. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, okay, but let's see what the backup quote-unquote backup legendary creature or commander in the deck is, just so we can at least consider. I think sometimes out of the box, there are decks where you want to run the secondary commander. Totally. This one seems unlikely, but let's read it. It's Shannid Sleeper Scourge. Same casting cost, one generic plus red, white, and black. So four mana total for a 2-4 human knight with Menace, Menace. It says other legendary creatures you control have Menace. Nice. Menace this is tribal. Menace Legendary Tribal. Say that 10 times fast. Legendachi Menachi. Legend <laughs> Playing bocce ball. All right, here we go. <laughs> uh, and as a second ability, whenever you play a legendary land or cast a legendary spell, you draw a card and lose one life. Wow, it's Tatiova for legendaries, kind of. Yeah, and it's more than, yeah, you could play a legendary land, tap that to play a legendary spell, and then draw two cards, basically. This is quite powerful. Yeah, I, I think you should at least be drawing one card to turn the moment this commander lands. Yeah, you should play it and then play a legendary land, right? Yeah, if you can. Uh, yeah. I think there's just, you're casting legendary spells all throughout the deck. Those legendary creatures have menace. So you are refilling your hand and going quickly with this. Dihada also does that notably and gives you mana back while doing so. But it is a minus ability, so it's not something that can just keep going over and over again. I think uh, we're going to look at the stats of the deck and we'll determine. But it's not 
a hundred percent that Tejada is just better. Sean is, I think, possible to be better, if, especially if it was a deck built from scratch. Yeah, totally. Because we know like the Tatiovo type decks of the world are very powerful, and I think in a deck built from scratch, you would have almost everything in the deck be legendary. In which mm-hmm. case, this the value of this card is very high. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so let's continue. Speaking of the stats, stats. Ooh, that was an angry stats. Yeah, I'm not because the stats are bad because they're quite good. Yeah, they're always good. Actually, the precons have been great in the past couple of years. It looks like Watsi has been watching Command Zone videos. <laughs> not just kidding. Uh, I'm a little surprised by one of the stat lines here, and, and we'll see if you can guess which one. But yeah, let's go ahead and read them. All right. So in terms of a ramp, we have 12 cards in the deck that ramp. That includes the commander, by the way. Yep. Uh, there are 11 sources of card draw. Which is great, by the way. We're in Mardu. Typically, you don't see a lot of card draw in red and white. Um, and, and your Commander Dehada ramps you and draws you cards. So yeah, it's it's kind of you nice. always have those two things. Yep. Yep. Uh, single target removal. Five sources of that. I'm a little. That's the one I'm surprised by. That seems quite low, especially we're in the removal colors. Yeah, you have some of the red, best white, removal spells in yeah. the game. Yeah. So that seems low. I I, I would want more for sure. Uh, and then board wipes. Just two of them. Which, again, seems a little bit weird because if Dehada is your Planeswalker commander... Yeah, you want to kill everything else because it's a Planeswalker, not a creature, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, now, when it comes to uh, card types that are specific to the deck, how many legendary cards do you think are in this deck? Well, I know because it's on the paper here. It's 46. <laughs> and now you know because it's on the yeah. video and we just told you. Quite high, but it feels a little low for a deck like this. I, I, I feel yeah. like, you know, with lands and other things, it could definitely be higher. So... That's a that's a number I would want to get higher in general, I think. Uh, legendary payoffs, so payoffs for playing legendary cards, there are 20 of them. Wow. That seems... That's a lot. It seems... Yeah, it's a lot. Now, the whole deck, again, is revolving around this idea. But if there's only 46 legendary cards, 20 payoffs seems too high. I think I would want it more like 55 and, you know... 10 or 12 yeah my payoffs. my guess is that in order to keep the the deck sort of without you know spiraling into it's wow look at the value a lot of the lands are probably gonna be pretty basic yeah that's that's a good point legendary lands tend to be a little more expensive because you can definitely get that number up 10 12 more just from land just right? from land yeah 100 yeah, uh and then graveyard cards because dihad is putting cards into the graveyard mm. there are nine cards that care about that and then as far as attack and damage goes uh which is sort of like the menace part of shannon there are 12 cards about that but that doesn't necessarily synergize with shannon keep in mind it just is that Shannon gives out a creature's menace, so maybe they are better at attacking as a result. Like an attack trigger might be a little yeah. better because you can pull off more attacks. Okay. Yeah. So who should we run? Based on these stats, Jimmy, who are you designing the deck around? I think we already know, but... Yeah, I'm going to design around Dihada. Uh, not only is Dihada just got so many important abilities, I think she's just a little more flexible than Shannon. Now, Shannon, you would love to draw Shannon off Dihada's ability or just play it at any point. But Dihad is going to be able to give you a Vigilance, Lifelink, Indestructible, Blocker. I think that's actually really important because Lifelink is pretty important, uh, especially if you're a deck that's trying to attack. You're going to need to also stay on top of things and have good, having good blocks for Dihada, plus the minus ability. Sometimes you just make four treasures. Pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think the minus ability is really the thing here because if you need cards, you'll get cards. Yeah. And if you need mana, you can, you can choose. And, and it's not even... Uh, a must ability it's a may ability or it's put right. any number which is the same so yeah i, I think dihada's flexibility especially with 46 legendary things in the deck shannon is going to be a little less like if that number was 80 yeah then maybe you think about shannon but it's not yeah and i think the other just also is more clear to a player what you're trying to do 
trying to make creatures, put them out there, and you're trying to make treasures and just keep going, get this engine going. And the way I also added some cards in, care more about the graveyard as well, because that's just another synergy that helps out overall. Makes sense. Okay, let's talk about everyone's favorite subject, which is value. Value, value. value. Should be there be an echo for value, like with a ding-a-ding-a-ding. <laughs> like a twinkle for value? Yeah, instead of stats, It should be stats, ching stats. Yeah, <laughs> like, dum, like a cat. Dum, 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 dum. Yeah. Okay, let's not get it. Um, all right, so as always... Caveat here, the prices we are about to discuss in context are taken from prior to the deck being revealed because we're recording this episode before the deck is revealed. And also Mm -hmm. we want to compare it to all the deck reveal videos and everything we've done in the past, which are always taken. Those numbers are always taken from before the deck's revealed because, again, we don't know the numbers at the point we're recording this. So, um, (laughs) Oh, and we're not taking into account the new cards. We have no idea what Tejada, Shannon, or any of the new cards are going to be worth because they haven't existed yet. Yep. So we're only talking about the reprints, and when we compare them to other pre-cons, we're comparing the reprints as well. Yeah, and there are, once again, 10 new cards in this deck, so we're talking about 90 reprints, but some of them are basic lands. There's a lot se- of them are lands, yeah. Yeah, there's 74 actual reprints in this deck that are not basic lands. All right, without further ado, the total reprint value of this deck is quite high, $110.11. All right, and I think I have a theory as to why the legendary subtype typically means cards of that type cost just a little bit more. Yeah, because in the past, you basically had to be rare or above to even be legendary for yeah. most things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lately, they have some uncommons and things in Dominaria, but that didn't wasn't generally true up until, you know, a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and legendary cards tend to be a little bit more powerful because they're legendary, they're a little flashier. So that makes a lot of sense. If we look at the average reprint value of precons of past, it's about, I would say, on the top tier, like top 5% of precons probably. Yeah, and, and we're going to put a list uh, up there. It's like Strixhaven was like $88. That's the average of all the decks averaged out. Yeah. Um, more recently, Neon Dynasty was only $73. And one of those Yeesh. decks was like 55 bucks or something. Yeah. Baldur's Gate was 104 That's the average. So we're above that uh, with this 110 price tag. So this is, yeah, definitely for sure, like in the top 20%, if not higher. Um, as far as averages, yeah. there might have been individual decks that were a little bit higher than this. Well, let's talk about the notable reprints then, because they're, uh, that's what's making this price get up, up, up. Yep. There are five cards that are $5 or more, and then 17 cards that are $2 or more. There's uh, one card that's over $20. We rarely see that. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. It is very exciting, because it just has not been printed in quite a while, but yep. it's very good for the deck. Uh, okay. Well, that card is going to lead us off. It's Shizo Death's Storehouse, $21 before the reprint was Ooh, announced. Wait. I love this card. I played in a couple of decks. It's really mm-hmm. good in Greven. It's a very good in this format called Commander. Yeah, it's just, just really good. <laughs> if you play Rogue's Passage, if you're in black, you should look at Shizo now because yeah, hopefully the price will come down. Get rid of that Rogue's Passage. Yeah. I don't think I've ever activated that card. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe once in my lifetime. <laughs> and then somebody removed the creature and you're like, dang it, dang five it, mana yeah. down the drain. They saw it coming from a mile away. <laughs> All right, Shizo Death Storehouse is a legendary land. You can tap it to add black to your mana pool. Or you can pay a black and tap Shizo and target legendary creature gains fear until end of turn. Mm-hmm. And fear means that the creature can only be blocked by artifact or black creatures. This is the like, early form of Intimidate. Yeah, very hard to block, especially if you got a commander. Obviously, it's great in this deck. Dihad is going to be bringing you all sorts of crazy legendary creatures. And making them unblockable for any number of reasons is great. Yeah. It's kind of what Shan is trying to do with Menace. So Shizo is... Again, you could just take this card and put it in pretty much any commander deck that has black and be happy with it. And it's legendary, so mm-hmm. it, it it 
You can draw it up. Synergizes with, yeah, everything Yahada is doing and Shannon and a bunch of other things in the deck. So, yeah, this is great. But also just a great get for a lot of your decks. You don't need any legendary sub-theme for this to be good in a lot of decks because you're always going to have a commander, right? And most of the time, that's a creature. And if your creature ever wants to deal combat damage to a player and it's in black, she's out. Yeah, it helps you out quite a bit. Um, All right, next up at uh, $6 is Day of Destiny. It's three and white for a legendary enchantment. And it just says legendary creatures you control get plus two, plus two. An anthem for legendary creatures. In Anthem, it's a little expensive at four mana, um, but it is just one that hasn't seen that much printing. And again, in Commander, it's it's a card that you like in yep. general. Uh, the next one is, I didn't realize this card was $6. Me neither. And it's an Uncommon at that. Yeah, I played in my, it's an Uncommon. Holy crap. I played in my Shadowborn Apostles deck. It's oh, Bontu's nice. Monument. Three mana for a legendary artifact. Black creature spells you cast cost one less to cast. And whenever you cast a creature spell... Each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. So it reduces the cost of your black creatures. And then any creature you cast will activate that second ability or trigger that second ability, which is kind of like a uh, Suleport Cutthroat style. Yeah. Ping your opponents, drain drain them. Drain them. It's also... You, they, a, they lose one each and you only gain one total. So yeah, It's yeah. not the same as... It's not like an extort. extort. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it is a legendary artifact too, so it does trigger off of both... Uh, it's good for both the commander options here. Yep. Uh, the next card is Captain Lannery Storm, about five bucks seventy cents. It's a two and a red hasty creature. When it attacks, you create a colorless treasure artifact token. Woohoo! And then whenever you sack a treasure, Captain Lannery Storm gets plus one plus zero oh until end of turn. So there could be sequences where you have the hot out. You're making three treasures. All out of nowhere, you cast Lannery Storm. She attacks, and you can sack all those treasures. Actually, you can sack them before she attacks and cast something with it, and then give her plus three plus zero. Oh, get a bunch of damage in. It has incidental synergy with Dihada's treasure creating ability. Lannery Storm often is just kind of a ramp card because if you have free attacks for a couple of turns, yeah, you just get to, yeah, you just get to start making treasure and saving them up. Yep. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that was five dollars and seventy cents before, but it makes sense. It's also, a card. it's they, very good with Dihada because it has haste. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's so, great. So blam, play it, play it. Dihada pluses it. Lifelink, indestructible, vigilance, haste gives you a treasure. Yep. And now can block four too. Yep. Yeah, of those four cards so far, three of them are pretty highly played in Commander, I'd say. Not so much Day of Destiny, but still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the last card that was over $5, another card that you see all the time in Commander, very much a staple, is a land called Dragon Skull Summit. Yep. So this is a, a land that taps for black or red, and it enters the battlefield tapped unless you control either a swamp or a mountain. Uh-huh. Very good lands. All of these yeah. check lands are really good in uh, Commander. So. Yep. So far... I really like the reprints in this deck. Only Day of Destiny feels like it's kind of not properly priced and probably just because of rarity. The rest are all yeah. priced what they're priced because people play them. Yep. Uh, now, a bunch of reprints between 2 and $5. We're yeah, we won't read all of these. A little bit more quickly. Reliquary Tower. I didn't realize this has gone up there. It's like 4 bucks now. Four thirty-five. Yeah. Yeah. Shivan Gorge. Here's a legendary land. You can tap it to add a colorless, or you can pay 2 in red to tap it to deal 1 damage to each of your opponents. $3.70. I'm just going to go through these without saying all their prices. But in, in the $3 range, we have Audric Lunark Marshall, Oketra's Monument, Ashling the Pilgrim. Those are all... Pretty good cards you see around. Um, the next group is around two between two fifty and two dollars. Mm-hmm. Battlefield Forge, Miko Koro, Center of the Sea. There's another legendary land. Yep. Knight's Whisper. Knight's I play, Whisper. <laughs> I play the hell out of this card. It's like every deck with black, I'm playing Knight's Whisper. It's so good and efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Two mana, draw two cards, lose two life. It's it's really good. The next grouping is between two dollars and two twenty five, and it is Honor Worn Shaku. Love that card. Great in this deck. Generous gift of very much a commander staple. Traxos, Scourge of Krug. Krug. 
and then Krenko, Tin Street Kingpin, one of Post Malone's favorite cards. Yeah, he's just a little guy <laughs> running around. <laughs> so, um, so there's 17 total cards, $2 and above, counting the $5 cards. Yeah. Uh, a lot of value and a lot of cards that... I really like seeing. I think, yeah. I, so far, this deck looks really cool. I play Honor Warren Shaku in yep. my Magda deck. Uh, Knight's Whisper, obviously, playing every deck with black. And you got a bunch of lands here. Yeah. Reliquary Tower, Shivan Gorge, Battlefield Forge, as well as Dragon Skull Summit. So I, I wish that every commander pre-con they made, there was five lands or four lands that were, just, that were yeah. $2 or more. Just keep getting lands in there, because... It is hard to have good mana bases. It's usually one of the more expensive things to do. So I, mm -hmm. I like that a lot of the reprint values tends to be in lands for this deck. Seems yeah, and it sucks to wait for standard sets because they have to make sure it's balanced for standards. So Commander Precon seems like a really good place to sort of slot those in. Just some nice free value. So we're pretty happy about the reprint value. This deck's looking really cool so far. Jimmy, what do you think are the best cards in the deck as far as when you're playing the deck? What are the most powerful things? Totally. So there are a few cards here. Uh, three of them are reprints, and one of them is a brand new card. Uh, we're not going to talk about the new cards, by the way, in this episode, but we will mention one of them here. So I think Garn of the Blood Flame is just one of the best cards in the deck. It's uh, a huge combo piece um, that I obviously know <laughs> a lot about now. Very good card in general. Yeah, it's just three, a black and a red for a legendary creature. Three, three, flash. When Garna enters the battlefield, return to your hand all creature cards in your graveyard that were put there from anywhere this turn. And then other creatures in control have haste. Just, just why not give her another crazy ability? Yep. Um, so, you know, you're going to minus Diada, and then you're going to be able to flash in Garna and get those cards back. Yep. Pretty good. Yeah, put their, uh, yeah. From creature, anywhere. From so anywhere. From milling, yeah, if they die. It's also great board wipe protection as well. So it just has a lot of flexibility, but the fact that it synergizes so well with Dihada is why I think it's one of the better cards in the deck. Yeah, that seems awesome. Like, hey, d negative Dihada, make four treasure, play Garna, get those cards anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next two cards are both legendary sorceries. Uh, you saw these from the original Dominaria set that came out, what was it, a few years now, a couple years back? Three years ago? Yeah, uh, and this is Primeval's Glorious Rebirth and Urza's ruinous blast so both of these you can only cast if you have a legendary uh permanent a creature or a planeswalker by the way that's your commander yep uh Prime and there's a legendary matters deck you're gonna have one yeah yeah so premier's glorious rebirth is five a white and a black return all legendary permanent cards from your graveyard to the battlefield again you're filling up your graveyard and then urza's ruinous blast is exile all non-land permanents that aren't legendary so a one-sided board wipe there very very powerful these both these cards i think end the game typically uh, if you're able to resolve them and, and have a commanding position afterwards all right what's the new card that we're going to talk about yeah like jimmy said we're not talking about all the new cards in this deck in this episode we will probably talk about them in some of the set reviews yeah totally but one of them you think is one of the best cards in this deck which this card is awesome okay let's so read it kadrick soul kindler two a red and a white for a four three legendary dwarf wizard the legend rule doesn't apply to tokens you control. Oh. Okay. Whenever another non-token legendary permanent enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay one generic mana. If you do, create a token that's a copy of it. That token gains haste. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. It's permanent, too. Yeah, so lands, that are the artifacts we were just talking about. Yep. But really, it's creatures that you're going to want to do with this. Um, Miram, we've seen, has been one of the best dragon commanders ever because it allows you to create copies of legendary creatures and make them non-legendary now miriam's copies do stick around but kadrick is something that does this for every legendary permanent it gives them haste you can attack with them and yep. then they get sacked so you kind of sneak attack that token a little bit yeah but you get to get the attack trigger instantly yeah and that. you get to get the etb triggers you get to get you know with garner or something i'm sure yeah. there's crazy stuff you can do so yeah that seems very very powerful and very cool, cool card yeah probably a cool deck to build all on its own yeah totally red you, white you legendary get, matters you get um 
I can still- Boros Legendary Matters or Lorehold Legendary. I was trying to think of the name Lorehold. Loris. <laughs> Loros. Yeah. Borehold. Borehold. That's better. I like Borehold. <laughs> All right. Well, we're about to get into the exciting part of this exercise every time, which is Jimmy has chosen 10 cards to add to this deck to get it up to a fighting speed as fast as possible for under $30. And then he's going to tell us what 10 cards to take out of the deck to make room for the other 10. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, we got to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, we are back talking about the Legends Legacy Budget Precon Upgrade Guide. And Don't need those pages. We're done with that part. Yeah, we're done with those parts. Uh, On to the fun part. We're going to be adding 10 cards in, taking 10 cards out. Uh, so evaluation of the deck out of the box. I think it's actually pretty well built. 
um, you look at all of the ramp and all the stuff, it's clearly got a lot of ways to make things work. Now, was it, was, yeah, was there any categories or anything you looked at when you kind of broke down the deck uh, that you said, okay, this is where I'm going to focus the energies. This is, you know, what the deck needs to kind of bring yeah. it up to the next level. So Planeswalkers in general, they're pretty fragile if people can get around them. And it really would suck to have to play your commander out multiple times yep. um, because it's not a creature. Someone can just straight attack it. Uh, so I was thinking, okay, we need some good Planeswalker synergies. And also because we're using Dihada, I wanted to add a little bit more graveyard help in there because right now, you know, if you're playing the deck, there's only a couple of cards that really affect your graveyard. Mm. And I think that's a, a whole area where, again, you're in Mardu. You don't have access to a lot of powerful stuff in green and blue. So having your graveyard be a part of your deck is going to help you get that edge as well, I think, against other decks. That makes sense. So a little more survivability and support for Jihada and uh ways to sort of take advantage of that minus ability putting things in your graveyard yeah totally so and you're gonna have and if you play this deck right your graveyard will be filled to the brink with cool stuff so you're gonna want to be able to interact with it yeah as much as we talked about that plus ability it's the middle ability the minus three that really is the most powerful to me yeah. and when playing against the deck obviously um that became apparent because yeah you can just sequence the choice some of stuff. like yeah just making a lot of mana we know is very powerful and that's in fact often what you want to do is just blind i don't care what these cards are i'm making for treasure yeah um and then the fact that like that can become card draw if you ever sort of run low on gas is cool too yeah and the thing too about it is that planeswalkers right we always judge them can they do something to help protect themselves and in this case the minus ability on dihada does allow that if you cast something from the treasures yeah. so it's not putting a token into play but you are able to potentially use that man for something else and recasting it later on you're going to be very happy you're getting some treasures back all right okay so our yep yeah so, all right, by the way our budget total is about thirty dollars. You were well below exercise. that this time. You were below twenty five dollars. I was, and we're going to talk about a couple of uh, honorable mentions that maybe you could slot in yourself should you have the cards or want to just go a little bit uh, above. Okay. Uh, so the first category is called Planeswalker Help. Help! I need somebody. Uh, so not the, just anybody. Yeah, not just anybody. We need Lazel Vlakith's champion. This is two in the white for a 3-3 legendary creature, Gith Warrior. If you would put one or more counters on a creature or planeswalker you control or yourself, put that many plus one of those, each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead. Uh, so, so it's, uh, it's plus sort of... three. Yeah. Plus two. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I think that also gets you to your ultimate way faster. You go five to eight to 11 in that case. Um, but this is just a great. It's a three mana, three, three on its own. You'd be very happy to play this before the other comes down. You'd be happy to draw this. It just yeah, helps out. A legendary creature can be the blocker. Yep. Yep. That's nice. Yep. And that card's about 50 cents, by the way. It also says choose a background on it, but that is if it's your commander. Uh, all right. The next card you have written down here is one of the more expensive ones on your list. It's $6. It's so cool, though. I had to put it in. Yeah. It's Luxor. Luxor? Luxor. Giada's Gift. This is from Strixhaven. Strixhaven. New Capenna. It's from New, New Capenna. Capenna. Yep. Yeah, yeah. One mana for a legendary equipment. It says equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each counter on it. Oh. Equipped uh, permanent isn't a planeswalker and is a creature in addition to its other types. It says loyalty abilities can still be activated. Ooh. It has equip planeswalker for one or equip, you know, non-planeswalker for three. So what this does is you equip it to Dihada and now Dihada cannot be attacked because it is not a planeswalker anymore. It's but also a 7-7. Seven, seven. <laughs> it's a 7-7. Seven, seven. You activate it, yeah, plus two. Depending on how many counters are on it, it's it, it could be very large and it's just harder to kill at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Now, traditional removal spells will affect it, yeah. but if you're looking at the board and you're like, ah, oh, poopy, it looks like everyone's trying to just attack this creature, you can turn it into a planeswalker. The equip cost just being one, that's a great way to protect it as it gets up to ulti ability as well. 
Yeah, that's great. And it's a legendary artifact for one, so it definitely has synergies anyway with the rest of the deck. Yep. Uh, this next one I love a lot. I'm surprised it hasn't this seen This one is from Strixhaven. It is, yeah. It's Semester's End. Uh, it's I, a very good card. I feel like Dihada would not care much about the end of the semester, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Three in the white, instant. Exile any number of target creatures and or planeswalkers you control. At the beginning of the next end step, return each of them to the battlefield under its owner's control. Each of them enters the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it if it's a creature, and an additional loyalty counter on it if it's a planeswalker. So this is kind of a budget to fairies protection, right? Yeah, totally. And it actually helps out your Dihada quite a bit because it gives her a plus one counter or another uh, planeswalker counter when she comes in and it can also just save all your creatures now it doesn't save your permanence and all that stuff but this is still pretty good you're gonna have a lot of high impact creatures and people are gonna want to try and kill them i think there's a very good card in a planeswalker deck a planeswalker lead deck that has white because normally this doesn't help you on defense too much because they attack you and right. you're like uh you the big part of Teferi's protection is that you have protection from everything and all your stuff phases away so it can't be destroyed. For but you also can't be hit, right? Yeah, totally. Whereas if they're attacking you and your semesters end, well, your creatures and stuff go away, but you still take a bunch of damage. But if you have a planeswalker out, a lot of times they're attacking that planeswalker. Yeah. Which means, oh, phases, or, or sorry, exile that thing, it comes back, but there's no attack coming at you, so mm -hmm. you don't then take the damage. So, yeah, seems great, because you could even play this have Dahada minus three, make the four treasures, and if she is attacked, you can always have that mana up to mm -hmm. save her. And if she's not, you that's sweet because now I'm untapping with four extra treasure and I'm about to make four more and have a really big turn. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't think about the four treasures that you have to make can cast this spell. Yeah. Actually, looking at the card so far, uh, they can cast Lazel with three. You can cast Luxior and, and equip it with two. So it all synergizes just the turn you play Dihada. You can even pull this, except for Semester's End, you have to have this in hand. Semester's End, less than a dollar, 90 cents. So that's yeah. a really good one. And not legendary. Yeah. Well, it's an instant. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a legendary, and so we have seen legendary sorcerers. Okay, sure, sure. Um, now, the next category is just graveyard synergy, so just a little bit more help with that graveyard uh, part of it. Um, this first one is Olivia, Crimson Bride. So four black and a red, three, four, legendary creature, vampire noble, with flying and haste. When Olivia attacks, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, tapped and attacking. It gains when you don't control a legendary vampire. Exile this creature. So it stays around until Olivia goes away. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. Has haste. So this is super powerful and the second most expensive card on your list at $5.75. Yeah, it's obviously hugely impactful. Again, you can play this to turn after you play Dihada. It could be late game, just win the game as a result. Um, just because someone doesn't expect you to hit hit them with both Olivia and whatever is that other massive creature that's coming out. So it's yeah. got a lot of swing potential. Yeah, I, 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 we've talked about, you know, haste being an underrated mechanic and I think using it in that way, holding Olivia till near the end of the game yeah. when like a board wipe happens because that's a lot of ways how decks sort of stabilize they go if i just play this board wipe nobody will have anything that'll buy me the time to get back in this and a lot of times they're counting on the fact that you're going to be slow to recover you're going to play creatures have to wait and then attack your next mm -hmm. turn and going like olivia regrow or resurrect the most powerful thing out of my graveyard and attack you with olivia and that thing yeah can be like the final ko punch so really like I've died to Olivia many times. Can you tell? Yeah, it's pretty nasty. <laughs> it's the kind of card that gets a control deck Very that gets nasty. people like me, yeah. Works really good with like Garna too, if you're able to Garna out Olivia and then boom, it's oh, my turn. Man. I'm swinging, I'm bringing another thing out. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Because uh, I could totally see someone trying to kill Olivia instantly. So, But lots of synergies there. Uh, the next card is one of my favorites. I play this card quite a lot. I cannot believe it's so cheap. It's Savine's Reclamation. It's two and a white for a sorcery. It says return target permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. 
And then if this spell was cast from a graveyard, you may copy this spell and you may choose new targets for the copy. It has flashback for four and a white. So you cast it the first time, get one three CMC or less thing out onto the battlefield. And then it's sitting in your graveyard. Later, you cast it for five and get two Ew. three CMC, sorry, three mana value or less things yeah. onto the battlefield. I often use this for lands when you have fetch lands and things like that. But in a deck like this, you know, if you have your Luxier got killed or, you know, your Lazelle or something like that, this is going to be able to bring them back. Even your, yeah, lots of stuff that can come back with this. It's also really good if Tejada hits it off the negative because you're just like, cool, make a treasure, put that into my graveyard and Happily. now I can use it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, next up is Junji, the Midnight Sky. Got to put one of these legendary dragons in. I love this series. It's three black black for a five five legendary dragon spirit with flying and menace. Manache. When Junji dies, choose one. Each opponent discards two cards and loses two life. Or put target non-dragon creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control and you lose two life. So this is great to just play, have it die at some point. You're getting something from someone else's graveyard. Probably your own because you're knowing what you're putting in there. But again, it's just a 5-5 Flying Menace. You're looking to put, gosh, 5-5, imagine this, Dihad, a 5-5 Flying Menace, Vigilance, Lifelink, Indestructible. That's a keyword soup right there. (laughs) Yeah, seems great. That Um, was about 450. Yeah, so that's the third most expensive card. Uh, All right, now we have a couple of cards that just care about legendary stuff because there's a lot of legendary things going on. And this card, I think, is just probably one of the better cards in the deck. And it is legendary itself. It's Yoshimaru, Ever Faithful, as a good boy. A one white mana for a 1-1 legendary creature dog. Whenever another legendary permanent enters the battlefield under your control, put a 1-1 counter on Yoshimaru, Ever Faithful. Does have partner, won't matter because it's in the deck. Yeah, this is just the type of card you played on turn one and it's a five five or six six before you can blink yeah it's the perfect card to plus two dihada with you're playing legendary permanents like lands artifacts all of that is going to give it a plus one plus one counter yeah i think the deck really really wants to play a creature before it plays dihada so you Mm. need to hit at least one legendary creature that's either one two or three cmc and this is the best because you can always fit this in around your ramp you can find Mm -hmm. one mana somewhere three might be hard just the way sort of ramp tends to roll out you play a two drop you know if you want to play more ramp you might it might be hard to cast that three drop before dihada one mana you can always fit it in yeah and yoshimaru also will trigger when dihada enters the battlefield i believe because it's a legendary yeah yeah, for sure so it's going to instantly get a plus one plus one counter there all right. uh, the other Legendary Matters card is Thalia's Lancers. I really like this card. Three white white for a four four first strike. It's just a regular creature, but when it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a Legendary card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So super value engine here. You could be just legendary do this to, tutor. To just get a land if you yep. really want to. Uh, but there's obviously Legendary cards like we talked about the sorceries earlier, as well as the artifacts. So lots of lots of things to grab. Yeah, I think it's really good because you already have five mana when you cast Thalia's Lancer, so you may or may not need a land, but getting, you know, uh, Urza's Ruinous Blast yeah. or something could be like, okay, go find the game-winning card here. Yeah. That's only a 30-cent card, Thalia's Lancers, and I don't think we said, but Yoshimaru is eighty, so mm-hmm. both very affordable. All right, the last two cards here, I just called them Fun to Find or Fun to Play because they're just cool cards. And they're both legendary. Yep. Uh, Gaunti, Lord of Luxury, a very powerful card. Two black, black for a 2-3 Aetherborn Rogue that's legendary, has Death Touch. When it enters the battlefield, okay. <laughs> Look at the top four cards of target opponent's library. Exile one of them face down and then put the rest on the bottom of that library in a random order. You may look at and cast that card, the one you exiled, as long as it remains exiled, and you may spend mana as though or mana of any type to cast that spell. So 
target the green player, target the blue player, get something off of them. Yep. And you also just have a nice 2-3 death touch. Great blocker for Dihana. Just saying. Yeah, you make an indestructible lifelink vigilance. Gain two. It's really hard to swing into. Yeah. Yeah. And Great. we have ways to bring this back. So I've seen games won off the back of Gonti just being cast or, or reanimated or whatever a few times. It's draw the best card off your opponent's top four cards. Yeah. Uh, it's a great balancing act, too, because, again, you're in Mardu. You're losing some of the advantages that that, that green and blue have. So why not just take them off their deck instead? Uh, and that card is about 10 cents, Gonti. I can't believe it's only 10 cents. Yeah, I think he's been printed a bunch. And, yeah. you know, but he's... I feel like a, I see that card all the time, though. I think it's a total commander stable, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the last card here is Varagoth Blood Sky Sire. It's two in the black for a 2-3 legendary demon rogue with death touch. And it has boast. So for one in the black, target player searches their library for a card, then shuffles their library and puts that card on top of it. And you can only activate boast if you attacked... If this creature attacked this turn and only once each turn. So this is great with you can swing with this on the turn you want to play uh, you can swing with this before you play her and put a legendary card on top or you can just do it to just tutor at some point and draw that card in some other way yeah the problem with varagoth often is someone will block it and even trade because they don't want you to get the the, the card yeah. effect like over Again, and over yeah but because of dihada giving it indestructible you can just swing with impunity mm-hmm. and now you got free demonic tutors well tutors to the top of the library but yeah, still pretty sorry, vampiric good. tutors yeah, every single turn should you want to with Varagroth. It's going to be hard to block that 2-3 because yep. it's got Indestructible. It's a $2 card, so also very inexpensive. So we've totaled it up, Jimmy, and you're at $24. Yeah, pretty under good. Under budget. Super under budget. And I think it's because the deck itself is just filled with a lot of already good stuff. I didn't need to really search that hard to like, oh, we need some heavy hitters in here to right. make this better. So I was just able to find cards that I think really helped buff up all of the different aspects of the deck. And, you know... To me, I think this would make the deck a lot better and make it more fun to play, too. I'm always surprised by how just the 10 cards we talk about, just a 10-card difference, it makes a big difference in how powerful totally. the deck is. Not that the pre-cons aren't good out of the box, but 10 cards bumps it up like a level or two. Like It's pretty amazing. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some of the honorable mentions. The cards maybe because of price sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's a card that's kind of close, but because of price, you left it out. Or just... In general, they were close to making it in, but you, we're, we only allow you to add 10, so... Yeah, and I said we wouldn't be affecting the mana bases, so four of the cards I will be talking about are lands. The first one, though is just Shieldred, Whispering One. This is a $12 card, but it's nuts, right? At the beginning of your upkeep, you return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, and at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, they sacrifice a creature. So it's totally on theme with the graveyard stuff that's going on. And hey, we're on Dominary United. We know the Phyrexians are here. There's a lot of completion happening, so I figured it'd be a nice thematic ad as well. Pretty brutal if you Dahada minus and then turn five Shieldred. Yeah, because you have the treasures. Yeah. So. <laughs> and you minused. It could so be even turn You put things four, in there that know. Shieldred's going to get out. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, pretty yeah. good. Um, and then the last of them are just just legendary lands. So three of these are from um, Kamigawa. Yeah. Igonjo, Sea of the Empire, Sokanzan, Crucible of Defiance, and Takanuma, Abandoned Mire. Those are the Mardu color lands. The channel lands. All of them are like 450, 275. Um, so I didn't put them in because we weren't affecting the mana base, but these are all, if you have them, they're incredible. They're legendary lands and they all have channel. So you can pay a certain amount of mana and they have an effect that's sort of commensurate with the color that they're in. And it costs one less for each legendary creature you control. Which you, yeah, most decks, that's one, right? Uh, but this deck, very often you're going to have multiple legendary creatures because that's the th- something of the deck. Yeah. Really good with Savine's Reclamation, too, if you channel them. Ooh, and then bring it back. Yeah. Yeah, so all those cards do something uh, different. Uh, Takanuma is probably the most thematic because it allows you to get stuff back from your graveyard. But 
pretty good stuff overall. If you happen to just be playing Neon Dynasty, you might have a couple of these lying around. Throw them in the deck. Especially the white and the red ones aren't seeing as much play. Like obviously, the green and the blue ones. The are white the ones, ones actually seeing a lot. I think in like standard or constructed formats. Mm. So it actually makes it more expensive than the red one. Interesting. Uh, and then the last land is Untaidaki, the Cloud Keeper. It's just a land that comes into play tapped a legendary land, but it says tap, pay two life, add two mana to your mana pool, spend this mana only to play legendary spells. So Ancient Tomb for your deck. I heard Ancient Tombs are good. Yeah. I heard you would like them. I yeah. like them as well. So I didn't put those in, but again, you can just take out some basic land slots for those or some of the tap lands if you think they're a little too clunky and blam, your deck is now going from good to ooh, pretty nice. Really good, yeah. Yeah. All right. Those were honorable mentions, remember. So going back to the 10 cards that you, you know, officially for $24 mm -hmm. told us to add, we of course have to make room for those cards you know, because you can't have a 110-card commander deck. <laughs> what? So, yeah. So, in this last section, we always talk, talk about our recommendations for which cards specifically to take out. Which ones we think come in the pre-con, but maybe aren't as optimized or as good as the cards we're adding. So, totally. what's the first card, Jimmy? Uh, first one is Circle of Loyalty. It's four white-white for a legendary artifact, and it costs one less for each knight you control. So, that's like, wait, what? This is a legendary deck, not a knight not deck. Not a knight deck, yeah. It gives your creatures plus one, plus one, and then whenever you cast the legendary spell, you make a white creature token with Vigilance, but Two -two. that's after you cast the six-mana artifact. Right. <laughs> uh, and then you can also pay three and a white to tap it to make a 2-2 two -two white knight. This is just, I think, too clunky and slow. It's not really an amazing effect in the deck. Yeah, my so. cards that are going to trigger off my other cards being cast, I want those to be cheap. Yeah, totally. Because mm -hmm. I... Yeah. I I either want to play them early and then get full value off everything I play for the rest of the game, or I want to have a turn later where I go play this, immediately play the thing that triggers it. Yeah. Hard to do if it's six mana. Yeah. When I saw this card, it's the kind of card where I go, oh, if I drew this in the game, I know I just would never probably play it. Yeah, it's going to sit in your hand the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next up is Tenza, Godo's Maul, which is an equipment. It's legendary. It's three mana, and it gives an equipped creature uh, plus three, plus three if it's legendary. And if it's red, it has trample, and it's equipped cost one. I'm just not a big fan of equipment. I think that you'd much rather be playing a creature than an equipment in this game to protect I mean, your commander. It is legendary, but in general, this is not an equipment deck. It's You're not going to get any additional synergy off of it. Yeah. I mean, imagine, again, Luxior compared to Tenza. Man, Luxior just seems way better. Or just any creature compared to Tenza. I'm pretty sure Goto traded this mall away himself for that helm of the host anyway. Yeah, he's not going to I need a I mean, helmet. He's just like, yeah, that thing's not named after me anymore. Uh, next card is Sword of the Chosen. Do you think this is an equipment, Josh? It's not. <laughs> it's an awkward two-mana artifact that you can tap it to give a legendary creature plus two, plus two until end of turn. Uh, temporary, only one-time use. Again, I would just much rather have a Graveyard Synergy. It's Havin's Reclamation. Um, this sort of stuff is cute, and it says Legend on it, But and that's sometimes, I think, how a lot of precons go, is they're like, all right, fine, legendary cards. That are reasonable. Reasonable, yeah. You can you can justify this in some number of ways, but your commander, again, is a Planeswalker. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Inherently, an equipment is not great when you have a Planeswalker as commander. Not that you won't have creatures that you play, yeah. but you're not guaranteed to have one like other decks that have a creature in the command zone. Yeah, totally. So both of this and Goto's Maul just seem like... You know, there'll be some amount of time where you don't have a target for them. Yeah. So, yeah. Why bother? Yep. Uh, Hedron Archive is the next card I chose to cut. Um, I used to be really big on this card, but I think four mana for a two mana rock isn't that great, and you can sacrifice to draw some cards. You just, the four drop slot is already pretty crowded in this deck, so that was a, a good reason to cut that. Yep. <laughs> this next card they put in every precon that has white, and I know why they do it. It's funny. It's true. It's very true. Because precons, I'm sure when they play test them, the games go very, very long unless you have some finishers in there that are just given inevitability to the game. Yeah. And this card, Zatalpa Primal Dawn, 
they always tend to put it in there because it's not an expensive card, but it will end a game so that if you're ever playing in a pre-con environment, whoever casts a Talpa, that's like, okay, the game has to end pretty soon because the Talpa hitting, will end yeah, it. For yeah. eight, each turn, yeah, and it's yeah. indestructible and it's flying and it's got all these other cool keywords. But in a real game of Commander, it's way too slow. By the time you cast it, the game's almost over already yeah. and you're likely to just be like, okay, pay eight mana for this thing and they're like, cool, cool. does nothing. Like, I've, I'm going to kill you this turn, I'm going to path it, I'm going to bounce it. There's a lot of things that could happen to the Talpa. Yep. So that's why we cut it. And and regular commander decks have a lot more answers for indestructible threats just yeah. because they tend to play exile or bounce. Yep. Uh, and then moving onwards again, uh, reducing the four drop slot, we have Tajik Blade of the Legion. It's a four mana two two. It's indestructible and it has battalion, so it has to attack with two other creatures. It gets plus five plus five until end of turn. Again, you you would hate to have this out and then Diada plus it. It's like, oh, cool, it's a 2-2 two, two already. I'm giving indestructible. That, yeah, I yeah. want my creature to have other abilities and then get indestructible on top of it so I get full value. Right? Yeah, so this seems a little repetitive. It's at the same mana cost as Dihada, so I just don't see myself wanting to ever cast this in this deck. It's just a weird thing, too, that it wants to attack with at least three other creatures. That's not something your deck's really trying to do. So Yeah. This next one might be a bit of a controversial cut. It is Kari Zev, Skyship Raider. It's mm. a cheaper creature, one in red for a 1-3 with First Strike Menace. It's legendary when it attacks. You make the original Ragavan, which is the 2-1 tapped. The fair Ragavan. Um, but that Ragavan doesn't stick around, so it's not like it's going to stick and be a blocker. And, and you have to attack to get these you things. You have to attack to get it. It's a 1-3. I just, again, think that you'd much rather have some of the other cards we've added, like Veragroth. Or, you know, any of the other ones. Yoshimaru. So, Yoshimaru. Yeah, Yoshimaru takes the place. So much better than yeah. Karizev, yeah. Uh, back to the four-man slot. Josu Vess, Lich Knight. Two black-black for a multi-kicker 4-5. Or, sorry, kicker 4-5 legendary zombie knight. When it gets kicked for six mana extra, so a ten mana kicked, you make uh, eight 2-2 two, two black zombie menace creature tokens with menace. It reads so good, but... You need 10, ten mana, mana to do that. Just cast Rise of the Dark Realms or something. Yeah, otherwise it's a 4-mana four 4-5 four, with Menace. And again, 4-mana four, four slots, we're reserving that for Tejada. We want to be moving a little bit lower in the curve, I think, if possible. Uh, right. Next up is Ashling the Pilgrim. I don't know why this card's in this deck outside of its legendary and cheap to cast. It's one in red for this legendary creature, Elemental Shaman. I'm not even going to read it. You basically pay mana to put 1-1 counters on it, and then if it's the third time that you've resolved this ability this turn, so 6 mana total, you remove all the counters, and it deals that much damage to each creature and each player. I think it's just a board wipe that is a legendary permanent. Right. So it's a legendary board wipe, and in general, board wipes are good in Planeswalker decks, so that's probably what they were thinking. It might be. Uh, I just don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put at least like 10 or 12 mana into it before it really board wipes. Yeah, because what you're trying to do is, oh, I put two, I activate it once this turn, once the other turn, eventually gets up to like being a seven mana or a seven, seven or whatever. And then you activate it three times, deals nine damage to everything. It's just That's, too slow, too much mana invested. Yeah, I would rather just put Blasphemous Act in its stead if you had a choice there. All right. um, and the last card is Day of Destiny. We talked about this earlier, being one of the more expensive reprints. Again, four mana, Legendary Creatures of Control get plus two, plus two. We don't need it. The deck's already got tons of powerful stuff. Dihad is making them indestructible. This is just, I think, just gravy on top. And I don't think this is going to help you win the game in a way that is as impactful as just playing Savin's Reclamation twice. I also think the, the dream of having like four plus legendary creatures out is not likely to ever happen. So yeah. There's also Arvod the Cursed in the deck, which gives plus two plus two already. So it's a redundant effect. I mean, how often are you going to have enough creatures that this is not just better than another four drop creature yeah that you could find off of you know dihada or or actually activate Gaunti. yeah it's activate dihada's plus ability you can't target day of destiny with that right so yeah i think in the for for the most part day of destiny can go in any legendary creature can go in and it's just gonna be better yep 
All right, those were the 10 cards to take out of the deck. Jimmy, let's talk about how this deck plays. So it doesn't have traditional green ramp. I think the deck is super reliant on putting out early game mana rocks or those monuments to get the commander out on, on time. And then from there, the, the possibilities are awesome. You got so many choices. If you have a creature out, you can make it a great blocker. Or you can just minus four and just get a bunch of cards from it as well. Or you can take none and then cast something from your hand. And your creature quality, I think, in general, is going to be higher than everyone else's. Um, just focus on beating down your opponents one at a time. And if you're lucky, you'll be able to pull off an ultimate. Yeah, uh, non-green decks always have trouble with ramp. I think Tahada does help you, though. Even yeah. if you get her out on four, she give, she can give you a rebate at least the next turn if you totally. want to protect her. So that's pretty good. Giving you a turn five that's really explosive, maybe up to nine mana or so, mm -hmm. maybe ten. Um, I want to say the monuments don't reduce the cost of Tahada because she's not a creature. Yeah, a bit of a bummer there. Yeah. And it's only one that they could have reduced, reduced it by anyway. Yeah, but... I think this deck is quite powerful just because the minus ability has the sta the staples, the pillars of the format, right? Right. On one side, it's ramp. On one side, it's card draw. If your commander is doing those things and giving you the option between those two things, you always have the power to do things and you have the gas, the things to do. And so whichever side of that equation you need, Dahada can kind of give you that in the moment. Yeah. And with that power and gas comes responsibility. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very cool. Thank you, Jimmy, for uh, helping us break down and helping everybody out there upgrade. You love me a legendary matters deck. Yeah, so. I think this is quite good out of the box and totally. will be made way better with these small upgrades. And then the the super you know optimized version of this deck is going to be not a CEDH powerful deck, but very strong and quite fun to play. So I think this, yeah. you know, we talked a little bit in the deck reveal video about the five color deck and how I think it's not great for new players to buy that specific deck just because of the way five color color cards can't go in a lot yeah. of decks and it's, it's hard to it's slower yeah hard to upgrade the mana base like it's not great for new players it's more for uh enfranchised players but this deck i think is actually going to be decent for newer players planeswalkers yeah. create a lot of decision trees which i think is a little bit of downside if you're super new but at the same time it is powerful it's not super complicated and these are a lot of cards in here that can probably go in other places too yeah and i guarantee you you minus dehyde a couple of times you're gonna get multiple people going wait what yeah wait what that's you nuts. can do that holy crap and then you did oh my gosh so the sequencing i think is gonna be really fun for more experienced players too and also there's a lot of legendary creatures in the deck so if you are new to commander oh yeah it can oh give gosh. you a lot of options for decks you can build off of the legendary because each legendary creature that comes in the deck can be its, its own, own commander yeah. yeah there's like a new blade wing that's in there and stuff there's lots of really interesting stuff that yeah you should definitely check out plus you get 110 dollars worth of value out of the box which is really good yeah all right to the listeners what do you think of the legends legacy pre-con are there any cards we missed or any cards we suggested to take out or add that you particularly disagree with we would love to hear from you in the comments over twitter social media whatever Find us. And also go online to get this pre-con and get the upgrade cards because if this interests you, and I love your comment, it's true, buy this pre-con, you get like 70 new, not 70, you get a bunch of new commander choices like as 30. well. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> head on out to channelfireball.com slash command. That's where you'll find the Channel Fireball Marketplace. Great prices on sealed products and all that and more. And the singles you're going to need to upgrade this deck and any pre-con and you're supporting local game stores around the country. That's what matters. You're getting great business from them as well as great prices and great deals. Yeah. 
Yeah, love Channel Fireball Marketplace because everything on there is an LGS. Yeah. So it's been vetted by Channel Fireball. So you know that your sealed product in particular, you're getting very good prices because they, they get stuff through the distributor, through the WPN network. Yep. Um, yep, yep, yep. And then, of course, once you get those cards, you're going to want to sleeve them up, keep them in really good condition. Ultra Pro makes the products that Jimmy and I trust our own collections to. They are the ones that will protect you all of your game pieces with their Eclipse sleeves, their Satin Tower or Mythic Collection deck boxes. These are just stuff I have backpacks full of my decks in Satin Towers or Mythic Collection stuff because I want my decks to be remain safe. Uh, and that's the best way to do it. UltraPro.com slash command. That's the affiliate link to use when you go to their online store and because LGSs and things like that sort of pick and choose which Ultra Pro, Pro products they're going to carry. Right. And also, like, over time, they sort of sell out. And then they buy the new stuff, not necessarily restocking some of the older things. So if you're looking for stuff from the past, maybe there was a cool mm-hmm. binder or cool artwork or another set. Or like, I always talk about the guild-themed sleeves. Yeah, totally. You know, because often you're just building a red-white deck, and you're like, I, it'd be cool if this deck was in Boros sleeves, but they can be hard to find at your local game store. Well, if you go to ultrapro.com slash command, they All often there. have a lot of that stuff uh, still available. And often it's at a discount because it is a little bit older and sometimes they're trying to move that product. All right. Well, good job, Legends Legacy. You are creating a legacy through your legendary actions. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making it all up at this point. All right. Uh, no end step today because these in the set review season, we just don't have enough cool stuff in our life to talk about. <laughs> We're also spending all our time writing set reviews. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we will have a lot more Dominary United coverage coming up. We're going to talk about all the new legendary creatures. We're going to talk about the cards in the 99. There's a lot to cover. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Mm-hmm. Big thanks before we go to our awesome team here at the Command Zone. Damon Lenz, Ashlyn Rose, Arthur Meadowcroft, Craig Blanchett, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Sam Waldo, Grav Galati, Truck Tie, JB Block, Evan Limberger, and Mitch Trafford. Okay. And big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer. He does the living card animations that start our show. Occasionally live behind us here on set. You can find them on Twitter at Living Cards MTG. Oh, also congrats to Jeffrey. He finally got a preview card. Oh, that's for Dominary United. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. excited for him. Definitely make sure you go give him a follow. Okay, everybody. I hope it's a bear. Thanks for watching. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Peace. You stole my piece. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs>
when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.